On today's show, Christian Wood signs to the Lakers. What is he going to bring to the team? James Harden could have been an all-star last year, slept through his alarm. We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked on NBA. Let's go. You are Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are Locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked on Mavericks podcast. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Be an everydayer. Subscribe, follow for free. Just search Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know. Do you think that Christian Wood to the Lakers will work out? Just a yes or no. And explain. Let us know in the comment section. Joining me, as always, on a Thursday, host of Locked On Bulls. What you got for me, Pat the Designer? I was just really hoping that uh, Christian Wood signed with the Toronto Raptors. Insert your own joke there. Okay. <laughs> you got to think deep on that one? That's another joke that also applies. Okay. <laughs> Off to a great start here. <laughs> we'll talk about Christian Wood on the Lakers. I also want to talk about uh, Ramona Shelburne's piece on James Harden and Doc Rivers and his all-star snub that didn't have to necessarily be a snub and his deal with with Daryl Morey ghosting him. Lots of stuff we'll talk about with that. And then, of course, we'll play Count It Up where we talk about the most interesting, fun things in the NBA. A lot of FIBA talk. Jimmy Butler, not interested in it. Paolo Bancaro, not interested in a message to the Italian fans. And uh, we'll talk about more stuff like that. In Canada, but let's start here. The Los Angeles Lakers signed Christian Wood to a two-year deal, veteran minimum, first year guaranteed, second year player option for Christian Wood. Your first reaction to Christian Wood signing with the Los Angeles Lakers now? This fits. Uh, it, I think it fits perfectly, and it's finally the Lakers to me going out and getting a player that complements LeBron James. Uh, and his skill set. He's a guy that's a very pass first guy. He's a guy that is able to dominate when he wants to drive to the bucket, but he wants those guys on the wing that can catch and shoot the three ball. Christian Wood is never going to win any defensive player of the year awards. But the one thing that he's really good at is being a three point shooter in the yep. corner, being able to line that up. I believe he's 37 percent. Uh, last year alone, he's been upwards of almost 40% in his career. That's somebody that's just right. Like he's going to have that. And it's not the same effect, but he's going to have that uh, um, season with LeBron James, or at least I expect him to very much like JaVale McGee did where right stats will probably be much more and very different, but the best you've seen of this guy's career, because there's a guy on the team that just knows how to accentuate what he does well. So I think that Christian Wood to the Lakers is going to be a really good fit for them. I, I like the signing for them. I think you really just got to figure out kind of, is he a guy that you insert into the starting lineup with an Anthony Davis, or if you want to rock with him off of the bench where maybe he doesn't get as much time in with LeBron, but he gets that opportunity to basically just be the guy who goes out, tries to put up 20 to 25 points a game. Yeah, the thing about Christian Wood is you know what he's going to bring on the court at this point. We've seen it in multiple different stints. He's he's shown flashes in New Orleans and Philadelphia and Detroit, and then he went to Houston, and you saw what he could do. And in Dallas, he had some good stretches as well. You know what he can bring on the court. It's not really even about that at this point. We know, like you said, he's a good three-point shooter for a 6'10 yeah. big. You know that he can score. He can score with the ball in his hands a little bit. He was a little bit better of a passer than I expected for the Mavericks this past season, uh, although not always willingly, but, but he would pass and find the right pass and do that kind of stuff. Like He can do a lot of things on offense. The problem is defensively, and can the yeah. Lakers and can Anthony Davis and, and LeBron and all them 
you know, Jared Vanderbilt, whoever else is out there with him, can they all make it work together? That's the question on the court to me. Like it, it really is a pretty cut and dry. This is a Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford type guy in a six foot 10 body. Like that, that's what it is at, at this point. And that, that's who he is. And that's what he's going to bring to the table. Can they make that work with the other pieces that they have with D'Angelo Russell, with, you know, a Rui Hachimura, who's better defensively than those two guys, but with some of these guys, can they make that all work with, you know, a Gabe Vincent? Can they all make that work together while keeping the level of defense that they need? The thing with Christian Wood, though, is, is he going to accept that role? We've already seen a quote from Christian Wood to Mark Spears about his signing, which stuck out to me. We talked about it a lot on Lockdown Maps today, so if you want to hear more about that, especially that last sentence about what Dallas did, we we, we talked a lot about that. We told you exactly yeah. what it is. You go listen to Lockdown Maps today if you want to hear about that. We won't talk about that here. But he put out his statement today that him and Darvin Ham have already been talking about his role, and he expects to have a big role. Do you see Christian Wood having a big role with this Lakers team? Yeah, I, I think so, right? Like, listen, he, at a minimum, right, I think that he returns to the guy that he was probably that last season in Houston, a 21-point, you know, 9-10 rebound You per think game he's scoring 21 points with LeBron and Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura and D'Angelo Russell? Like, I, I'm not I think, buying I that. Think, I think he's a guy who LeBron will put in positions to score more often. And I think that that's going to accentuate his game, okay, listen, at a minimum. You keep, you keep saying that, but more often than what Luka Doncic was doing with him? Yeah, but the problem with what Luca what Luca does is they just let Luca do what Luca wants to do, right? I, we've we've talked and, about this. And before. No, no LeBron team has ever done that with LeBron ever. No, but but I think I think the difference is right. There's more pieces there that you have to work around, right? There is the Anthony Davis aspect of the game that you still have to work around with. There's more of a system as well in LA. In in Dallas, listen, Jason Kidd lets Luca run the team like he wanted himself to run the team, right. and so I think that's that true. that's very different. Where you get more one on ones, Luca's going to go at guys. Luca's going to give you the last second kick out, and you hope that that catch and shoot is able to fall right where here I think LeBron James is going to be a lot more structured with it, a lot more strategic with it Darvin Ham's coming with a little bit more of a system in my opinion and so I think that he'll get more opportunities at not just the catch and shoot in the corner but also times where it's like hey listen we need to go get 10 points real quick you go out there and do that I think he can be that 20 plus point per game guy on that on that LA team because I think the focus is right the other thing too is at a minimum kid was like please just give me anything defensively I don't even think Darvin Ham asked him to do that I think he's literally like <laughs> if you block a couple of shots a game we feel good because we have these other guys in place to insulate where you're going to struggle I don't think Dallas had that system in place like you almost needed him to be a defender and it's something that literally no one should ever ask of him <laughs> they needed him to be fine and he could he couldn't get to there like, he couldn't, couldn't be there yeah couldn't get to acceptable <laughs> or fine at that point and that really was one of the reasons why Jason Kidd wanted his role to be six man come off the bench not close games all the time and to be a Lou Williams Jamal Crawford type like I keep bringing up those guys because that's what he is but yeah. he hasn't accepted that role at this point and so that's why he says I, I'm ready for a big role in LA he also hasn't really gotten a, a big payday yet in the NBA he's still him and his agent are still chasing that and they'll chase that to their dying breath I feel like at this point and so I, I don't buy that he'll be, he'll be a have a huge role with the Lakers, that'll be a 20-point-per-game score. I just can't imagine that with LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, Gabe Vincent, like all these guys. Down, like Just go down the list. Like He's he's far down the list in the pecking order to I me mean, offensively. Do you, do you think that his all of a sudden his minutes are going to fall off a cliff? He So here's the other thing. There's a lot of talk about Jason Kidd buried Christian Wood. 
There's a lot yeah, you can blame. Play like 28 minutes a game. You can blame Jason Kidd for a lot of wrong things that happened with the Mavericks <laughs> yeah, last year. Yeah. Believe me, I have. He <laughs> averaged 26 minutes a game, fifth on the yeah, team yeah, last yeah. year with the Mavericks. Like he didn't get completely buried with no. the with the Mavericks last year. He got an opportunity. It's just they wanted him to play a certain role. He didn't want to. He believes of himself to be an All Star, and I wonder. You know, there's that anonymous executive or, or anonymous coach that said if LeBron James could get Christian Wood to play his role, he would be the GOAT because it would be his greatest thing ever. Like, that anonymous quote is extreme, but I feel like that's going to be the the struggle here with them is trying to get him to play that role. And yeah. when Anthony Davis does miss games, does Christian Wood come come in, score like, 25, nah. t- score like 25 points, and then all of a sudden he's like, well, I can do this. I, I should be playing with Anthony or I should be starting That's on this your team biggest this question point. mark. That is your biggest question mark, right? Somebody, I saw a tweet out there. It was like, who's stopping this trio? And it was of course, LeBron, Christian Wood, Anthony Davis. And I was like the 35 games that Christian Wood's going to have to start in center. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's stopping this trio. You know what I mean? Because realistically, I think that's the part that holds this team back the most. I like the combination that they have, but I like the combination as long as Anthony Davis is in there. Don't get me wrong here. If Christian Wood has to be your number two option on the team, your team probably isn't going to be very good. They're also going to be playing him at center probably because yeah. if Anthony Davis is out, it's him and Jackson Hayes, the only guys over like six nine on the team. Yeah. You're not playing Torian Prince, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura. Like and he's playing, got the 7-3 wingspan. You're not playing them at the five. And so you're yeah. playing Christian Wood there, which is not the role that he – like that was one of the big problems with Houston is that he wanted – you know, he, they didn't want him to play the five and, you know, it just it just doesn't work all around. And so – He's a, he's realistically a three that just didn't stop growing. <laughs> well, it, he's, a, he's a three that doesn't have like the lateral mobility or the handle of like a three, you know? So he's got some of those skills. He does have some of those skills, but that's where we are. So – Go listen to Lockdown Lakers for more on what Christian Wood can bring. Listen to Lockdown Mavs for his Christian Wood's parting shot on the Mavericks and all that. And coming up, let's talk about this James Harden saga because got a little juicy. Ramona Shelburne dropped the bomb on ESPN about James Harden. You've got to hear some of this stuff. We'll talk about it all coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel has you covered with tons of odds and lines and props and all that kind of stuff. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. That's bonus money that you can use to bet on a whole bunch of other stuff. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Uh, Pat, you do a fair coverage of the uh, Chicago Bulls. Or the Chicago Bulls, yes. But also... Yeah, I do those as well. Yeah, you do the Bulls, but the Chicago Brown Bears. Uh, their first game is against the Packers, right? Yes. Sunday? Bears are a one and a half point favorite. I'm not used to seeing that. I'm sure you're not used to seeing it'll, that. It'll it, it, it'll keep going up. Uh, you basically get three points if you're the home team. <laughs> Which crazy? <laughs> it's a pick them, and they're like, "Well, they're at home, so like their fans will cheer for them." That's pretty much what it says. We really don't want to pick the Bears here, but we're uh, the Dallas Cowboys a three and a half point favorite on the road against the Giants. So all that kind of stuff. Fanduel.com/slash/lockedon. See what's available for you. Get those deals now. Fanduel.com/slash/lockedon. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On NBA, being part of the show, part of the Everydayers crew. We appreciate each and every one of you. Tomorrow on the show, uh, Wes Goldberg, Adam Mars will have a, I think they'll have a uh, post game right after the USA and Germany game. So that should be pretty good. Uh, those guys know their FIBA, know what's going on over there. That should be a good episode. All right, Pat, let's talk about James Harden. Ramona Shelburne dropped a piece on ESPN. And there's a couple of things in quotes that I want to bring out because I, I found it 
Very fascinating. Going back to when James Harden's deal first broke down, James Harden was, you know, he was had a player option he could pick up with the Sixers, and he didn't want to come back. They knew he didn't want to come back. The deal with the the Rockets had fell through. It didn't look like he was going to get, you know, signed with the Rockets at this point. And Daryl Morey did have initial conversations, according to this piece, with the Clippers and the Knicks. They both were interested in him at that point. Conversations. Ramon Shelburne specifically says initial conversations. Doesn't even yeah. sound like they really got into anything real. Uh, and then after that, James Harden felt like Daryl Morey was ghosting him. James Harden felt betrayed. And so then James Harden picked up his player option because him and his agents decided, well, we'll just pick up the money and take the 30-something million dollars as the player option instead of trying to get something else. And the Sixers were stunned at Harden's decision to pick up his option. Thoughts on James Harden and the Sixers now in this stalemate, basically, and the Sixers being stunned at this decision. I, I mean, listen, the, the Harden is in a situation right now where nobody wants him and he doesn't want anybody, right? He wants one team and that team doesn't want him. I mean, the Clippers basically said, we got nothing for you. How many, how many other teams have been picking up the phone to, to talk Daryl Morey's ear off, right? Like I get that that's where the, crux of this whole thing of he 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 lied to me and and said that he was uh, all of that like okay yeah maybe he wasn't able to get a trade done and i'm not saying daryl moore is innocent and all of this too maybe he did lie maybe basically was like you go find whatever you want to find we don't care anymore that's why he's stunned by it but i like good for you for picking up your option don't complain about the the bed that you're in right now and, that, and that's where he is. And and now I find that it's interesting that James felt betrayed by Daryl Morey, felt like he was ghosting him at a certain point, and that the Sixers were stunned that he picked up his, his player option because now, like you said, they are in this stalemate and this weird stuff. What do you think about the Knicks and the Clippers, like even just taking those trade calls at this point? Because to me, it, he doesn't really make sense for either of those teams. Maybe you could talk me into the Clippers, but – even with the Clippers, him and Russ and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, it just, to me, doesn't really all fit. The Knicks doesn't make sense at all with Jalen Brunson already there, and they already have their plan kind of going forward. But uh, were those teams right, I guess, to to not take those trade calls any, any further? No, I, I, I agree with all of those teams because realistically, right, one, Daryl we know how Daryl Morey is. Daryl Morey is going to ask for the world back. Now, granted, he may send you the world in replace of that, right? That's pretty much how the Harden trade <laughs> all went down, right? It was like, hey, they're going to send you seven first-round picks. How'd you end up sending him four? What's going on with that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how it ends up, but, like, I what, what does James Harden bring to New York? What does James Harden bring to the Clippers? I, I don't see that fitting with either of those teams. I don't see, right, he, he's the point guard basically on both of those teams except Jalen Brunson is the point guard. I don't need that. I've yeah. got one of the greatest point guards of all time and Russell Westbrook on the other team, so I don't need you over here either. I mean, listen, we, we can't act like he's not. We, we can't act like he's not. I mean, I, I already know the comments are going to be littered with, how can you say that? He's a stat patter, but he's legitimately one of the to greatest To me, I think they're going to be like, time. finally, Russell Westbrook gets some kind of recognition. Oh, Russell always get recognition in my book, man. I, I, I'm I'm a Russ fan. Now, now listen, he needs to stop doing that bank shot. That's a problem. That was terrible. <laughs> the bank is closed. And not a problem. But, uh, like a social yeah, media pro- that's like- a, No, that's a problem. But no, I just... <laughs> I just, uh, I, I don't see a situation that fit. The situations that fit James Harden or on teams where there's nothing there and we just want to sell jerseys. Because clearly you haven't shown a commitment to literally any of the three teams 
that you've been a part of because you always want to force your way out of those teams. Guess what? You're trying to do it again. I don't feel bad for you that nobody wants to pick up the phone and talk to you. No, and that's where we are right now. A couple other things from the story that I found interesting. His relationship with Doc Rivers is one of the things that soured him on this whole Sixers experience the most, I think. Now, Doc Rivers is gone, but Doc Rivers, according to the story, was calling out James Harden for a lot of things during the season. Seems like what a, It seems to me like what a coach would do. Uh, but unofficially, sources said, the team knew Harden did not want to play for Doc Rivers again, and that's one of the reasons why Doc Rivers was gone. They, they publicly said it's because they were out in the second round, but it was privately, you know, according to, to sources, because the team knew Harden did not want to play for him again. Should Doc Rivers still have a job? Listen, I, I can't sit here and, and, and tell you that Doc Rivers is one of the worst coaches that the NBA has ever had. I do think he's made a ton of mistakes. I do think that he's been a reason for a lot of the 3-1 slip-ups. Um, and, and that goes to the players as well, but I think he's a big part of that. But yeah, Doc is still right. Like he's, he's not the, there are worse coaches in this league right now that I could be like, yes, I'm okay with Doc Rivers having a job over them. Now when the playoffs get here, it's a very different situation, but realistically, right? Like I, I don't feel bad for James Harden because his feelings got hurt because his coach said, Hey, maybe you should score more than eight points in a playoff game. Uh, 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 well, my, I did. My, I did the game before. <laughs> my my feelings are hurt. I, my coach told me that I can't play. That I didn't play hard enough. Quit crying. To me, this this even we knew that this was part. We knew that this rocky relationship was part of the reason why it all seems to be going wrong for James Harden and the Sixers because we heard Doc Rivers on Bill Simmons' podcast say it was a challenge to coach James Harden. And when a coach comes out and says that, like a former coach says well, that about a player. Doc how has many, said a lot about his players. <laughs> how many times, though, has a former coach, a former coach of a, a player that's still playing, been like, you know what, this guy was a challenge. Like this, he was a challenge to have in class. <laughs> you know Doc I mean? Rivers kind of. Doc Rivers also is the person that kind of trashed his entire last two seasons <laughs> with the Clippers, where he was like, "Yeah, we basically never had a shot," and everybody on the Clippers was like, "Well, we thought we had a shot." Wait a minute, hold on now. Uh, I, I'm not holding Doc in the greatest regard either in this entire <laughs> situation. But of the two, if I had to pick one to be on my team, give me Doc Rivers over uh, over James Harden. <laughs> Maybe the wildest part of this story, though, Adam Silver was prepared to name James Harden as an injury replacement on the All-Star team. Harden had just had to give assurances that he would show up and play in the game. But days went by without Harden's answer. He was pouting. By the time Harden sent word that he would accept the invitation, Silver had moved on, naming Toronto Raptors forward Pascal Siakam as a replacement for an injured Kevin Durant. This was this past year, the All-Star game. James Harden could have been an all-star last year, accepted it eventually, but just didn't didn't, didn't check the inbox, bud. Are, are you telling me that James Harden bailed on a team? I'm shocked. It's, I just, I don't this have team the This wasn't even his, it was the all-star I team. I don't, I don't have the energy for Harden talk because it's the same story with every single team and we sit here for the, and guess what? He's going to be on Philly next year. They're going to fake it till they make it. Yeah. Nick Nurse is going to try to play nice with them and then mid-season, they're going to try to trade him away for for a half dead dog and a bullet to put it down with. Whoa, whoa! What are we gonna do? What are we doing with dogs here? Hey, listen, that's 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 about all he's worth left in the <laughs> league. I told y'all, get that <laughs> dog to a vet first. Jeez, 
By the way, oh, I'm sorry. I have country family. I, I'm sorry. I, wait a minute. You're in Texas. What are you talking about right now? You're oh, in I'm, Dallas. I'm in Dallas, Texas. You do anything to a dog here, they'll put you down first before they put the dog down. Uh, the, the dog's probably going down too, but they'll still put you <laughs> down first. You know what I mean? It's a it's a combination. James Harden, the saga continues. I feel like even after this article, we didn't really get anywhere. We just got more information about the things that we already knew. This isn't new. This isn't anything different. This is the same conversation on James we've been having for, what, five years now? Feels we not, have this yeah, every offseason. When's the last offseason we weren't talking about James Harden? Legitimately. This is this is irritating. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's either been the reason why he wasn't the MVP, the reason why he got knocked out by the Warriors in that play. Like, it really has been a long time, and then yeah. then now it's been him moving teams and doing all that. Coming up, though, let's talk about something fun. Count it up. We'll do count it up, but we count up the most interesting, fun things in the NBA, including Jimmy Butler doesn't care about FIBA, Paolo Bancaro's his message to Italian fans, and the uh, Korean Basketball League. They're doing something weird. I want to talk about it. Coming up. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown NBA. If you want a show that covers your team every day, daily, Lockdown Mavericks, I host that show. Lockdown Bulls, Pat hosts that show. We also have a show covering Lockdown Blazers, Lockdown Rockets, Lockdown Lakers, Lockdown Heat, all that stuff. Check the link in the description. You can find your show that covers your team every day. All right, Pat, it's that time of the week. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. Jimmy Butler was recently asked about the FIBA World Cup. His response... I don't care about the World Cup. Count it up. Do you care about the World Cup? Eh, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, let's be real. But the, the players don't. I'm not killing Jimmy for this. I'm, I'm not. We, we sent Bobby Portis. <laughs> and it's no shade to Bobby, but like, listen, I'm going through a few power forwards. I noticed that, I noticed that Miritich was nowhere Portis. to be found. He's, Miritich yeah, I mean, is nowhere to be found so far in the World Cup. Uh, he has avoided. Wait a minute. Hold on. That's a good point. I didn't see. Was he playing have for eyes Spain? On Miritich? No, Bobby Portis has eyes on him. That's the problem. I'll, I'll never, both I'll never eyes, understand Both that. eyes I'll wide ne- open. I'll never understand that. I'll never. You saw Bobby Portis looking you in the face saying, don't walk towards me. And you were, you know what? Nico Miritich was kind of like the, uh, <laughs> The, the the chick in every horror movie that like they're like, hey, maybe we shouldn't go in that room. And she goes in there anyway. That was that was Nico. Nah, I just uh I I like Wait, I have a st- I, wanted- I have a I have a story. Uh oh, God. Miritich was eligible to play for Spain. I uh-huh. don't think so. I haven't played for them in many years. I focus on giving my all to the club. The, he said no to the team around January of twenty twenty three. Do we know when Bobby Portis was added to the World <laughs> Cup team? <laughs> If you can find out that that's on the same wavelength, I will die laughing at that. Bobby Porter's January 22nd, 2023. Yeah, But I I just like, I want to be like, yeah, I love it. I'm so excited. But as American basketball goes, right, like, this isn't the most entertaining basketball we're going to see. These aren't even the best players that we can send. So, no, I'm not that excited by FIBA. When the Olympics come around and the real players or the, or the superstars are in there, right, sure. But this is this is the, the JV squad right now. 
It is. I, I, I like it. I'm interested in it. Now, having Luca on, Luca in it, yeah. Having Luca on Slovenia, having Josh Green and Dante Exum on Australia definitely made me more interested as somebody that covers the Mavericks is interested, invested in what the Mavericks do. So having players like that makes me interested. Team USA, though, like me as an American watching, I, I'm not getting to – I watched I, I watched the Italian game because I'm like, all right, let's see what this team, after they lost to Lithuania, let's see how they respond. And they responded by being so good defensively that – Italy couldn't score to save their lives in the first half. It could get past just, half court. <laughs> and, that's just, and that's just how it was at this point. So uh, I, I understand Jimmy Butler's point of this. I do think that, that it's a little, it sucks a little bit because there are guys actually playing in it. Like the USA guys actually playing in it for him to just be like, you know what? I don't care about it. They'd be like, well, but I mean, listen, let's be real. We know who these guys are. These are the guys that are still young enough to say, I love basketball so much. This is all I want to do. Yeah. That's they're what also, we're watching. They're also making a case for themselves to be in the Olympics, which I would hope Jimmy Butler would care about. But I mean, realistically, half of this team probably is going to end up making the Olympic team. And well, they're trying Jimmy to make their probably case. won't go. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy probably won't go. You, even then, we're still just like, who are we sending? LeBron, you going? Probably not. All right. <laughs> uh, Paolo Bencaro. Talk about somebody that's young enough to still care about the FIBA World Cup. Paolo Bencaro was asked by a reporter, do you have a message for the Italian fans before Team USA played Italy? His answer, no. Count it up. Do you respect it? <laughs> Paolo Bencaro not having I, a message for the Italian fans. I, I respect it from the sense of he could have gone full Charles Barkley on him. Remember, Chuck basically was just like, they should just give us the gold now because we're going <laughs> to just dominate it. Like, what you knew what was coming, right? Like, they end up losing that game. And then Italy's, Italy knew what was coming. Like, everybody <laughs> was just kind of like, ah, we got to be the team after they lose. Come on. Like, I, I'm glad Paolo didn't put his foot in his mouth and start an international beef uh, with the Italian fans. I completely respect this because I think that at so, uh, there's a certain point where we as media ask players, do you have, do you have a message or something? And then they come up with something. If you don't yeah. haven't really, if you haven't thought about it, just don't just say no, you, you got nothing. It, I think that's fine. Listen, what they were heading in there to do, what, what did all of our mothers teach us? If you don't have anything nice to say, <laughs> don't say anything at all. I got taught but that by a cartoon ra the... rabbit from Bambi, the movie. Oh, Thumper. I, I appreciate that reference there. Yeah. Uh, good a thousand points to my 1940s Disney I, reference. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, I rock with that. Yeah. I probably have it on the shelf down there. I do have it on the shelf down there. You have, you have Bambi down there? Oh, snap. Oh, the thighs are out. I don't know if that showed on the cut. Oh, you got the original too. Does it, does it still do that weird crinkle when you open it? <laughs> Are we doing ASMR right now? Oh, it does. Oh, that's That'll a throwback. My Woo! grandma had a whole bunch of these VHS Disney's, and I was like, oh, that'd be cool on a shelf. And so. Do, do you have a VCR player, bud? Dude, I, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what I have, do you no, way to, I have no way to play this. <laughs> does the Xbox One have a VHS player on it? <laughs> that would be an invention. You got to get the Xbox Series XS and just like. Uh, no, nah, I'd be impressive. 
<laughs> we we took a complete turn here, but yeah, I respect Paolo. <laughs> what else I got on there? I got I got Bugs Life. I've got that one on VHS too. I got that one. In the Korean Basketball League, they sh- there's a bunch of players now all of a sudden that are shooting bank shots as free throws and are shooting over 80% from the line. Count it up. You rock with this or no? I mean, that's fine. As shooting a bank as shot as a free throw? As long as you, right, like, I, I'd, I'd be fine with it if, like, somebody sucked. Like, if you could shoot a regular free throw, shoot a regular so free Andre throw. So Andre Drummond steps up next year and starts banking them off the off the backboard. As I'm, I'm, fine, I'm fine with that. It's all about making them for me, right? And the problem is, right, um, you, you get the guys who have the mindset of uh, the, the great Shaquille O'Neal, who now that he's retired is like, I wish I had practiced or I wish I had done the underhand free throw because I would have scored like 20,000 more points or whatever it is for him. <laughs> like he basically would have been number one. He he would have broken the record before LeBron ever got the chance to. Uh, but, you know, like, yeah, being efficient is fine with me. Like I, that's that's what I want to see. So, yeah, I'm fine with the bank shot free throw. It would be a weird sound, though. <laughs> that would be a Steps weird the free line. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> right off the backboard. Yeah, I, I have no issue with this, especially if you struggle with free throws. If it works for you, it works for you. Who would you it know. look weirdest with, though? Uh, Nick Van Exel, who took like a, a step and a half back from the free throw line. If he, <laughs> he banked it in. Like, I need, the, I need the extra extended free throw shot, and then I also need to bank it in because I need more space between me and the ball where you're literally sitting there going was that a jump shot i think that was a jump <laughs> shot this guy just shoot a jumper for a free throw <laughs> just don't do the dirk fade like just don't do the, the dirk fade on the free throw and then bank it one in. like one leg fade away off the glass good <laughs> nope no problem with that there you go guys thanks for hanging out with us on lockdown nba tomorrow Wes Goldberg, Adam Mara is breaking down Team USA. We'll be back on Monday as well, five days a week. Go check out your favorite show, your team every day. Guys, thanks for listening to Locked On NBA. Bye-bye. Boom.